Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. This is part one of a three-part mini-series with some people who are really good friends of us here at Top Advisor Marketing. They are two women who have created the premier video production service for financial services professionals here all over North America. We have used them as consultants. Uh, We've actually used them to help us shoot video. We've seen them at conferences shooting live video. Uh, with uh, guests and also speakers. And we're going to dive in uh, deeply when it comes to video. We get asked this all the time. You know, we focus on podcasting. You know, Matt, who do you help or who helps with video? And these two people are the people. And so the company is called Idea Decanter, and it's Laura Garfield and Sharon Gotula. And so, uh, ladies, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, now I feel like I, you know, I, you guys have already interviewed the heck out of me. So uh, I, I'm finally in control of this, which makes me very happy uh, because now I'm the one who gets to ask you questions. And my first question is, what are you guys doing? I mean, how did you guys get started in this, especially, you know, in financial services with video specifically? Uh, the story begins, as I think most good stories do, with a nice glass of red wine. Sharon and I were forming a business plan, and we decided that we were going to do video marketing for wineries. Because why not? (laughs) It's a little far afield from financial services, but at the time I was in Portland, Oregon, and Sharon was in Seattle, Washington, and there are something like 800 wineries in Oregon and 900 wineries in Washington. And we thought to ourselves, what they really need is some good video marketing. We made that business plan without doing a ton of research. And the research was just uncorking some wine. Yeah. <laughs> some cheers. Ching. <laughs> so as we launched our business and started doing work with wineries and posting what we were doing on LinkedIn, folks we knew in financial services started reaching out. This was way back in 2014. And just kind of at the beginning of the wave of advisors learning the value of using video in marketing. And so we started working with financial advisors and I would say it was about 12 months into the business. We took a hard look at the way things were going and our financial advisor clients were really great. We were learning some interesting things from them. We were, felt like we were truly helping them grow their businesses. And our wine clients kept trying to trade video for cases of wine, which, you know, has some upside. (laughs) Doesn't pay the mortgage, but (laughs) we were well stocked. So that's, that's kind of how we came about and how we landed in financial services. All right, Sharon. So what do you guys do? So, so you're a partnership. Do you guys have specific kind of boxes that you live in? Or is there a lot of overlap between what you two do as business partners? It is really funny that you brought that up because we have been growing our team over the last year pretty aggressively. But when we first started out, I came from commercial photography and I had 
taken video, well, I had taken film studies back in school, back in college, way, way back in the day. And I had just gotten into digital videography. And like all photographers who start with digital videography, I was just shooting really beautiful images and putting it to music. No narration, just visual storytelling only. And then of course, Laura comes from journalism. So she brings all the story. And so when we decided to start Idea to Cancer, we really started off with like doing every single thing together all the time. It was just constantly texting on the phone, building everything together all the time. I miss those days. I know, I know, me too. But now we've really kind of had to subdivide it because you can't be involved 24 hours in every part of the business or you just can't grow. So now Laura's really like, I kind of think of it as like a restaurant. Laura's the front of the house. Mm -hmm. Like she's the owner and maitre d'. She gets everybody in, makes them all feel comfortable, gets them seated at the table. And I'm kind of the crazy executive chef in the background managing the chaos that they don't need to see. So really, you know, like I, my team is busy with the editing, with the graphics, with creating a brand identity. And Laura's kind of still like producing and making sure everyone's happy. What else do you do, Laura, besides a I lot guess of to sales put a name and phone on it, calls? <laughs> to put a name on it, Sharon is in charge of creative. She's our creative director. Mm-hmm. And I'm in charge of marketing and business development. Gotcha. Okay. Did that answer the question? It did answer the question. <laughs> it did answer it very, very well. When you think about advisors using video, right? Why do you guys think that this is such an important marketing component for them? What is it about video that makes you guys get up in the morning and say, man, I can't wait to freaking do this? They are in the business, or rather you are in the business of no like, and trust. And those are all things that video can help you build. If you think about the number of influences you get from watching a video versus reading the written word, it's just, there's a vast difference. You get the inflection, you get the tone, you get facial expressions, you get body language. There's so much that comes across in video and really the most valuable place we believe you can put a video is on the homepage of your website. Because as we all know, before we do anything, we Google someone. And so if your prospect is checking you out online and you have the opportunity to make a connection by letting them click on a two minute video and really hearing something about you, you have made them feel like they've met you before they even have. And it's really a great opportunity to have like this one-to-one conversation with people, even though it's video, right? Because nobody thinks that you're speaking to a hundred thousand people when they are watching a video. They think that you are speaking directly to them. What are some of the big hurdles that you guys have had with this? I mean, uh, I mean, (laughs) Well, hey, Sharon, go ahead and grab that. And uh, let's, I'm just going to hand that puppy off to you. Well, I think we all want to talk about ourselves, right? But your clients don't necessarily want to hear about you. They want to hear about like what they need to hear 
what they want to hear, right? What their problems are, how you're going to solve their problems. And I think one big hurdle, not just in video marketing and any marketing that you do to your, you know, to your public, to your audience, to your clients or prospects is you need to get the content that you want them to hear in a way that they want to hear it. So you can't just talk about your team and what I do in our process. You need to say, here's the benefits for you. And what's nice about doing that in video is that you can bring your personality to that conversation, but we can also create the visual representation of what your client experiences in that marketing platform. There's just so much video content out there that people can readily skip what you're creating. And if you're not hyper-focused on the what's in it for me, for the viewer, people don't have time. We have short attention spans. How many times have you clicked on a video only to see that it's eight minutes and you're like, no, I don't have eight minutes (laughs) in my life. Like we are there now. We have 60 seconds, maybe 90 seconds to give someone. And if you don't hook them in really the first 10 seconds by telling them something that catches their attention, one of the biggest mistakes I see advisors make is starting their video by introducing themselves. Hi, I'm Laura Garfield. I'm co-founder of Idea Decanter. It's a waste of time. We can put that in a lower third super underneath you. You need to say something like, what's your biggest fear about video marketing or is compliance stopping you from making videos? You need to use that first 10 seconds to really make a connection. Well, let's talk about compliance because I, this is the first thing that I thought of when, uh, I don't know, probably eight years ago, I was coaching a, an advisor in Washington, DC, and she had paid $5,000 for a 90 second video through Ameriprise which by the way, I thought was rather pricey. And, and now mind you, the video was pretty good, right? I mean, it, well, it should have been for freaking five grand, but uh, you know, multiple cameras and different angles and great lighting and all of that stuff. But she had a script, like she couldn't divert from the script or let's talk about that. How do you work with compliance departments to make sure that advisors can get their content out there, not only in a timely manner, but also to solve that problem that both of you just talked about, which is engagement, right? Really the whiff them. What's in it for the person absorbing and consuming the video? Help us with that. I would say there are two avenues to creating video. One is pre-scripted and one is what we call narrative video. So pre-scripted is probably the most succinct answer. You write the script ahead of time. You send it to compliance. They make any requests that they want changed. And then what you're recording is going to sell through compliance on the back end. There are some rules about what you can show, not just what you can say. And it helps to work with a team who understands those rules. But I mean, they are pretty simple. Let's not show piles of money. That's sort of a visual guarantee. (laughs) Right. The other kind of video is narrative video, and we have been doing narrative since we started the business in 2014, and the theory behind it is that oftentimes we don't sound like ourselves when we're reading off of a script. So if you are really passionate about something, you really know your stuff, you're going to speak from the heart, you're going to sound like you, and that's going to come across in your video. 
So when we do a narrative interview, we do it Q&A style, where we work ahead of time in advance, identifying messaging points that we're going to cover, but it's not rehearsed and it's not super pre-planned and you didn't spend two days rehearsing, you know, and practicing how you were going to answer something, you just answer it. And then we handle all of the edits in post-production. A lot of people ask, how does a Q&A work? I don't want you in my video. And we, the questions aren't there. We pick out the, those nuggets, those best answers that we call sound bites and weave them together with music and visuals and graphics and that kind of thing. But to pass through compliance with a video like that, it, it scares people more. They think, well, you know, this is never gonna get the seal of approval. But in effect, you know what you can't say. You're not making promises, you're not making guarantees. And if you're working with a team, we like us, we know what you can't say. And so together, we are probably going to spot most problems. If something does get pinged in compliance, if you think about it, a Q&A narrative interview with us is probably 15 minutes and we end up with a two to three minute video. So if we got to pull out a soundbite, there is definitely a piece we can replace some way to, we've never run into an issue. Sharon, wouldn't you say that we couldn't solve? Oh yeah, absolutely. I was going to say like, you know, sometimes we've got so much extra stuff that's on the cutting room floor because it just can't make it into a two minute video. So there's always something to replace. And then there's always other creative solutions. If we, if we don't have something to replace that exact soundbite, we can create a text bridge or some kind of graphic that explains what you are talking about to get you to that next sound bite. There's always a way. And I will say like when we used to, well, I don't know how evergreen this content is, but when we used to fly around shooting on site, you know, and people were spending like $20,000 for us to be there and shooting multiple videos, like that's a huge expense. And if you really think like compliance is gonna cut something, you don't, you know, it's gonna make you hesitate. But in what, six years that we've been doing this, I think the only sound bite we've, we've had to cut a few sound bites, but it's never ruined the video. And then most of the sound bites have been ad libs where they went off script and really wanted it in the video. So it was an easy cut because it wasn't actually thematic. Let, let's talk about scripting a little bit more because I want to I want to definitely dive in more deeply because uh, I'm on your email uh, system. I, I get your guys' communications, which I freaking love. And you all need to sign up for that, by the way. And we'll talk about that at the end of the show. But one of the things that you were talking about uh, on a recent one was teleprompters, right? And really how to master the teleprompter. But then also, really, when it comes to scripting, you had introduced me to a, an absolutely unbelievable human being. And her name is Deirdre, right? And so Deirdre Van Est, if you guys don't know who she is, she's a speaker coach, unbelievable human being and very, very skilled. She talks about scripting, right? And so when I'm thinking about trying to get to know an advisor in a short period of time, my mind, because of my own bias, goes right to the extemporaneous, you know, I want, I want, I don't want it to seem canned. How do you guys handle that? Personal stories. And it's the same thing Deirdre would tell you. It's what she teaches in her crazy good talks and her emotionally engaging advisors e-learning platforms. It's to find ways to tell your story that engage. You know, it's not uh, facts and figures that we remember down the road. 
it's personal stories. I'll be on the phone with an advisor asking some questions about video and they'll tell me something personal. And two months later, I won't remember much about their business or what we talked about, but if they told me the story about their great Dane named Ace, who just got dropped off for his bath because he was stinking up the car. You know, it can be anything. It doesn't have to be deep. It doesn't have to be um, a turning point. But one of the things that Deirdre coaches and we think is extremely valuable to take to video is to develop these stories that you can drop in to your uh, meetings with prospects, um, proof mm -hmm. stories. The kind of testimonial things. This is this is how it worked, and this is why it worked. And then the why story, and the why story is kind of a game changer. It tells something very personal about you, and it gets to the point for why it matters to your audience. Sharon and I have both crafted up why stories, thanks to Deirdre, and uh, we've put dozens of why stories on video for advisors. And they are just a powerful tool. Yeah, I was going to um, pipe in <laughs> and say, when you're talking about video marketing, nobody wants to look at facts and figures and graphs on a video. I mean, we do it all the time for advisors for certain specific things. But when you think about your overall marketing strategy, that's not the time to be showing people graphs. What you want to show them is why you are the right person the right fit for their needs. And facts and figures are not that subject matter. The subject matter is your empathy and it's your in intellect and it's your knowledge and it's your relationships with your clients. So when you really think about video marketing like as a whole like platform with all your other marketing, your scripting doesn't have to be so specific, especially like for things like compliance are gonna hit mm -hmm. because what you wanna do is you wanna you want to hit them at that emotional level that's going to say, yes, I get it. I understand you and I are on the same page. I mean, that's really what you're going for. You guys just opened a huge can of worms and I'm going <laughs> to walk right through it, which is this. <laughs> what is your guys's why on this? Uh, you know, I, I get asked that question all the time. Right. So uh, what, why, why do you think that this is so important and what gets you up? She's, she's pointing at you, Sharon. She's doing the, uh, the finger gun. So I'm going to let you go first. Well, she's pointing at me because Laura and I have been working with Deidre actually for six months now. Feels like it. Something like that. And, um, you know, we've been crafting our why stories because we want people to be crafting their why stories for us. And, my whole story really revolves around like the fear of getting in front of a camera mm. because I worked for years in Los Angeles as a food photographer behind a giant four by five bellows camera. Like this is, you know, the eighties, well, maybe the nineties. I don't want to age myself that much, but it's all pre-digital, right? So we're still like loading film in a dark room. And literally I spent 10 hours a day in a pitch black studio, except for the lights for the set and the lights for the food stylist in the kitchen. And I never intended to be in front of a camera. I mean, sure, I'm August baby, I'm a Leo, I'm supposed to be all dramatic and theatrical, but I'm dramatic and theatrical behind the scenes. <laughs> so I never wanted to be in front of the camera. And 
now that we're doing video marketing, you know, every day I'm forcing people who don't aren't, you know, they're not born for the stage. They didn't take theater. They, you know, they don't want to be in front of the camera. And we, you know, people are like, I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too whatever. But the thing is, is that being in front of the camera has a lot of power to it, right? You know, we should see old and fat people, people of all cultures, people of all ages out in video. We can't let Hollywood tell us what should be involved in front of the camera. And so really, once you get over that fear, we tell every person we meet practically, like your first video is your worst. It's not mm -hmm. gonna be terrible, but it's your worst. Because once you get in front of the camera and you really like get used to the whole process, and then it's not scary anymore. I was gonna say my favorite quote from Deirdre is like, it doesn't take courage, it just takes confidence. And so like, just go out and do it scared until it's not scary anymore. All right, Laura, you're that not answer. getting off the hook there. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I think she just like, she, that was, that was wonderful. Uh, now it's your turn. What, what, what is your why with this? Well, let's talk about Sharon for a second because she is wonderful. <laughs> let's do a Sharon love fest oh. uh, virtual hug for Sharon because you know we're in video marketing and to do our jobs well we really have to walk the talk mm -hmm. so we have to get in front of the camera and for me I was a reporter before idea decanter that was my path um, my first career and Sharon didn't have experience in front of the camera and I think she is living proof that you can step in front of the camera mm -hmm. I started out as a cub reporter in Hastings, Nebraska, and graduated up to Omaha, Nebraska as my second <laughs> stop. And back in 2001, in the election year leading up in 2000, I had had the chance, even as a really young reporter, to interview Al Gore and George W. Bush as they came through Iowa, because Iowa is so important. And I had gone to my news director and said, hey, I'm the person that should go to Washington, D.C. and cover the inauguration. And I remember him looking at me and saying, okay, Laura, but don't screw this up. <laughs> and so it was the first time I'd ever been sent anywhere. I'd always done local news, but I got to go to D.C. I got a ticket to the Texas ball that night, which was the place to be and donned my ball gown and my strappy shoes. And I just took a light wrap, but they told me that I should show up at studio um, wearing my party clothes so I could talk about having come from the inaugural ball. And so kind of like Cinderella, I hop in a cab, I leave the ball, I go to the CBS News Washington Bureau. I remember stepping out of the cab and looking up and it had started to snow. And I thought, oh, this just feels magical. It's cold, but it's magical. <laughs> Step inside, go up the elevator to the seventh floor. And I got out and I started looking around trying to find someone who could tell me where to go. And finally I find the executive producer. And I said, where's the studio? And he said, we're not doing the shoots from the studio tonight. We're doing them from the roof with the Capitol as the backdrop. So I said, okay, what, marched myself up the stairs, opened the door and it was like an Arctic blast. It was like a full-fledged snowstorm at that point, 
but I was like, okay, I've got this little wrap. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. I get in line. The way they do live shots in this situation is they've got reporters from all over the country, all at the Washington Bureau. And so we lined up and we have like little five minute windows. And so I got in line. I was about seven back and shivered and shook and waited my turn. And I was nervous. I was young. This was my shot, but I was going to nail it. <laughs> and there isn't much time between the reporters. And so I stepped in front of the camera. I plugged in what's called an IFB, which is your earpiece. They handed me my, my mic with the mic flag on it. And I had my notes in hand. And all of a sudden, as soon as I plugged in my earpiece, I could hear the anchors back in the warm studio in Omaha. And I was just thinking, you know, this is going to be great. My moment, the light, the snow, I'm cold going to be great. And they pitched to me and I opened my mouth and I said two words and suddenly everything I said was repeated on delay back into my ear through my IFB and it totally threw me. I could barely get a sentence out and I looked down at my notes and I stumbled and I fumbled and it was probably the longest 90 seconds before I pitched back to the studio and right before I finished I remember like seeing out of the corner of my peripheral vision down here, the camera guy was crawling on his hands and knees below the shot toward me to pull my IFB out. And really that's all I needed to do was unhook my earpiece and I would have been fine, but he didn't get there in time and I never recovered and <laughs> it was unforgettable. And I remember taking that elevator back down and the lobby was empty and I sat in a chair in a dark corner and I cried my eyes out because it had been so devastating. And from that, I know what it can feel like to have a disaster mm -hmm. on camera and I don't want anyone else to ever feel that way. And so we just do our best to bring our experience to our clients so we can hold their hand through the process. Nice. But that's the power of not live video right there. Because when our clients like mess up, like your podcast, you're just like, cut. Yep, cut, yep. <laughs> like, it's okay. Go breathe it out. You'll be fine. There, and there's no IFB. You don't have to worry about mix minus. Well, I always think it's funny when, when I'm, you know, preparing somebody for a podcast and I say, you know, this isn't live. And they're like, oh, it's not? No, it's not live. No, it's not. Live. We're totally going to edit this if we need to. All right. So since 2014, what are the biggest lessons that you both have learned uh, in the business of helping financial services professionals get their video voice out into the marketplace? Well, first, we'd like to thank all of the financial professionals who are basically giving us free financial advice every time we do a video with them. <laughs> and secondly, I would say, I would say when we started this business, our guidelines, like our our core principle for what we were bringing to video was to be authentic, to be organic. And we joke about being gluten-free, but- um, We are not. <laughs> we are not. But it was very trendy at the time. <laughs> and I think all of that still holds true. But what, what's happened as we've transitioned from being in the field shooting like evergreen web videos that need to live on a website for say like four or five years where you want things to be really like authentic to the company and, and to their process is as we've transitioned to more 
what I call serial videos, where it's like an ongoing video marketing campaign where we're producing videos every month for a client so that they can have a cadence mm -hmm. is how being able to change at the drop of a hat, what you're talking about, because things change like coronavirus and riots in the streets and recessions and whatever the, the newspapers are talking about. And so being able to transition because we have like this playlist that we've developed and when it's time to shoot, like if that needs to change, like being able to pivot at the drop of a hat to incorporate a new subject matter. And really that's a testament to Laura and Tracy who are you know, producing and writing these scripts or helping people with their scripts to be able to turn that around so quickly. I think what I have learned is that I instinctually knew that video was a powerful relationship building tool, but I have seen it proven over and over and over. We had a client in Chicago who released a video in the coronavirus early days and he converted two prospects the day he sent that video out and he was over the moon but I think we were even more proud of him because the reason his video worked so well is he was very authentic. He talked about something that was personal to him. He had a story about what he calls go big, begin in gratitude. And it was very authentic to his business. They have a meeting where they stand in a circle and start the meeting by beginning in gratitude, going around the circle and saying what they're grateful for. And so it was really natural for him to talk about that, but in a time when he was trying to make a connection and reassure clients and touch with the prospects on his list, it really proved once again to us that video can help bridge that gap. Okay. I prepare for these and uh, I always think that I always have the, the best questions. Uh, what is there anything I should have asked you guys on this this first of the, the three-part mini-series? I know we're going to dive into a bunch of other stuff, and I'm going to quickly go through that. We're going to talk about um, preparation and how to really prepare to shoot video. So that's going to be episode number two. And then episode number three is really how to really use this to market. But when it comes to who you guys are and, and really what you do, did I miss anything? Is there anything else you guys want to share? Just our love for our favorite podcasting guru, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the shameless uh, compliments there. You guys know me well enough where that doesn't bother me in the least. I've got a huge smile on my face for those of you who can't see. So, uh, well, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. What's the best way for everybody to reach out to you if they want to engage you or find out more? Our website is idea decanter with an er.com. And you can find samples of videos. We do remote video, which is the service that has exploded in the coronavirus days. And uh, if you're interested on our homepage, top right-hand corner, you can click a button and schedule a free call and we'll do a consultation and get you some strategy ideas for your own video marketing. And please make sure that you follow both of these ladies on social media because they're always putting out magnificent stuff. So Laura and Sharon, thank you very much for being uh, on the show for part one of this three-part mini-series. It's okay. been fun. Thank you, Matt. All right, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below, especially because this is a three-part mini-series and you're going to want to hear the other two parts. So for everybody at Idea Decanter, this is Matt Halloran for everybody at Top Advisor Marketing, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? 
Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.